0: Love, Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to the Inclusive Class Podcast. Through our interviews and discussions, it's our goal to explore the promise and practice of inclusive education. I'm Nicole Eredix, and I'm one of your hosts for the show, I'm a parent, inclusion teacher, and creator of the online resource, theinclusiveclass.com. And joining me here on the Inclusive Class this morning is my co host, Terry Morrow. Hi, Terry.
1: Good morning, Nicole. I am Terry Morrow. I'm the author of uh, 50 Ways to Support Your Child's Special Education, and I write about special needs for about.com at specialchildren.about.com. I'd like to mention to everybody this morning that despite what you may be seeing on your blog talk radio screen, we are not taking any calls in, uh, nor are we going to have our uh, chat room open. We're just not that able to multitask today. Uh, so i 'm coming to you from the the hurricane scarred east coast of the u s and uh, despite the fact that many in my town are without power and have had their houses squished by trees and are lining up for three hours around the gas station to keep their generators going, um, uh, we were completely unaffected on my little cul de sac we had a little bubble of protection somehow so i 'm telling myself that it was that time that our power went out while we were in the middle of the show. Oh, I <laughs> that. Went yeah. and they strengthened all our circuits that day and yes. trimmed the tree branches around our fuse boxes or something. But uh we uh fortunately uh the most disruptive thing going on here is is no school for a week and uh watching too much weather channel. So um very happy to be here. Was wondering Great. on Monday as we huddled listening to the wind and see, wondering how bad it would be whether I would be able to have a show on Friday. So uh um so far, so good, but but not so not so fortunate for our scheduled guest this week. I understand.
0: Yeah, no, he apparently has been without power and phone service for the last couple of days. So,
1: I a lot of to that going around know. out here. Yeah, you know.
0: yeah. Apparently, <laughs> a lot of cancellations for appointments and meetings, and businesses closed, and unfortunately, our guest was also uh affected by the hurricane so he is without decent cell phone service or landline service even and uh power <clears throat> excuse me power is sporadic so anyway he contacted me last night and said hmm i think we're going to have to reschedule this show so <laughs> our listeners get you and i today Yes. So yeah we are but we have a great topic because it certainly lends itself to what's happening with right. uh, everything
1: on the east coast right. we are
0: going to talk about uh, disruptions aren't we Terry
1: yes and we're going to talk about disruptions and uh not only the kind that come with you know floodwaters and power outages and school closures uh although that is certainly a huge thing but also all the disruptions that come this time of year i, I always mm-hmm. think of this as you know the my kids would would always my son in particular would always have a you know Good start into the school year. Get with the routines. Everything will be going great. And then around this time, this little passage of time between Halloween and Christmas, I'm sure he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. The behavior starts a long, slow slide. And the notes from the teachers start picking up with speed and intensity, sort of like a hurricane. And <laughs> um, because you get your days off. I mean, here in, in our town, we just had this unexpected week off because of the hurricane. And then next mm-hmm. week, Uh, Is Tuesday is election day, so the kids get off that day. Thursday and Friday were scheduled to be teachers' union meetings, so those two days were holidays. Then you get a couple of weeks, and then you have Thanksgiving, and then you have a little while, and then Christmas vacation. And it's just, it seems like in these months school is off more than it's on. Uh, So you Mm -hmm. can never kind of get that momentum of the kids, you know, learning and getting their routine, certainly for a kid uh, with special needs who's in an inclusion class, who has a very... um, you know has a lot of adjustments to make uh in terms of keeping behavior and and concentration going all these breaks all these breaks in routine just destroys that you get people out for one reason or another uh, support staff out for one reason or another um you have holiday pageants which was always Mike my- guy's downfall, because, you know, you get used to your classroom schedule, and then all of a sudden you're leaving to go sit in the cafeteria for two hours with nothing to do except for that three minutes when you're on stage, which is plenty stressful all by itself. So, uh, you know, this is the season for disruptions, and there's also often things going on at home that cause kids to be disrupted at school, Um, you know, from excitement over the holiday to, you know people coming over and travel, and it's just one break in routine after another. So um, and I, it's and a good topic to talk about, about now. Yeah, yeah no, sure it is. You know, the and that's something staff. parents don't appreciate, I think, mm-hmm. that, that as mm-hmm. much as you're going through and your kid is going through, the adults are going through that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know everybody in the school is affected by that, and even the students that don't have the special needs, it's still mm-hmm. it's just a disruption overall, and like you said, it's one activity after another, one you know holiday after another, one sort of event, especially with the Christmas pageants that come up, and yeah. it, it is it's an endless you know endless flurry of activity between now and Christmas, so. I think between you and I, we can offer our listeners some strategies and advice this morning on how to deal with those
1: disruptions. (laughs) I hope so. I was looking forward to not having to deal with that anymore since my kids are in college, but now they just had a week off. The college was closed all week, too. So just that nice routine we were slipping into is now, it's going to be starting all over again.
0: (laughs) So Everybody, all
1: different ages, you get it.
0: Do you think now with your with your kids going back to college, you'll have to um, sort of ease that transition for them after this big disruption?
1: Yeah, so you know what it might be a little. It'll be interesting to see how their teachers uh, handle it, because I, you know, a lot of the teachers are going to be now without, and this is you know, for all schools in this area. the The, mm-hmm. the teachers are going to be without power at home, and they're going to be having a hard time getting gas for their cars to get to school. Uh, you know, I know a lot of the teachers at my kids' high school live quite a long ways away. Their homes may be destroyed. So mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a really difficult transition both, you know, at the college level and certainly at the high school and the elementary level. Uh, something for parents to keep in mind when when your kid's going back. I know we often get in our heads that the school has to do this, the school has to make this work, the school has to consider my child's needs, and that's true. But we mm-hmm. have to also be sensitive, especially at a really disruptive time if there's been a natural disaster. Sensitive to the fact that the people at the school are not machines, you know, they're human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. and they live in your same community. And they're going through all the same things. And so it may be that the paraprofessional who your child loves can't be there because you know, her house is destroyed, or maybe that the, the teacher that, you know, you've counted on, the one who actually gets inclusion and knows what to do, it may be that that teacher is stuck down, you know, at her home three hours away because she can't get gas. Um, yeah. And so things are going to be disrupted, and you have to find a way to go with the flow a little bit when there's been a, a disaster, uh, even though... It's really difficult. I mean, it may work out to be better to keep your kid home for a little while or to go to the school and talk to people and find out what's happening, mm-hmm. what's in place, what's not in place. Uh, it's not a time to be going and saying, hey, I have this piece of paper that says you're required to give speech therapy, so I don't care if the speech therapist you know, is is stuck with a flooded house. You know, Find yeah, somebody else. Yeah. It's yeah. not a time for that. It's got to be a time for appreciating the situation, and deciding what's best for your kid, um, yeah. With the understanding I think that's nice... that the school is not going to be up to speed for a little yeah. while now. If they milk it for the next six months, that's another thing entirely, <laughs> and, and that happens. Oh well, you know, we yeah. were really disrupted yeah. by the storm. You have to be more patient. This is moral. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, I was patient for a month, but you know, they've I'm rebuilt the now. homes in my neighborhood. I think you can get your classroom working yeah. again. So, you know, you have to, but but at least at the beginning, yeah. oh, my gosh, keep in mind that all these people have been through the same thing that you have yeah. and possibly worse.
0: And, you know, and I think, you know, once, and that's kind of a nice lead into, you know, once the child is at the school, then what do, what can the support staff, what can the teachers do, what can, then um, of course, parents do once the you know, the Mm -hmm. child is back in school, to help that child and help, you know, the rest of the kids in the school, too, through a disruption. Yes. Yes. You know, especially, you know, I think about the classes that I've had and, you know, certainly in an inclusive class, and it's been well documented that, you know, it's not just the child with special needs that benefits from Mm -hmm. that inclusive setting, it's the other children as well. So when you're thinking about uh, planning you know to bring kids back after an event uh planning to transition that class through something mm-hmm. that's been you know fairly disruptive back into their routine the strategies that you would use for that child with special needs is also beneficial to all of those kids and that's one of the things yes. about inclusive education that we always talk about is that mm-hmm. you know it's it's great for all kids and so when you you know bring those those kids back into the classroom and you know you start to gradually ease them back into that routine um you know just providing the extra support the warning you know sort of like the the verbal kind of i wouldn't say warnings but you know um giving them you know time to transition a little bit more time yes, a little bit more definitely you know just being a little bit more understanding of you mm-hmm. know like you said where they're coming from and what they've just been through and right. you know uh, also providing sort of an update on what the new routine at the school is at that point. Yeah. You know, very yeah. often, like you said, things change from day to day. And mm-hmm. often the staff is told, I mean, I know as a teacher, you know, I would come yeah. through the door
1: <laughs> on a work day
0: <laughs> and uh-huh. I would, you know, you you know, go to the office and you sign in or whatever it is you do and let the, the school staff know that you're there for the day. And there would be a notebook beside our sign-in sheet, and it would tell us what's happening that day. And yes. Very often, you'd <laughs> "Oh, okay, <laughs> we have, uh, you know, a pageant practice. We've got an assembly. We, <laughs> you yeah. know, we're 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 doing a fire drill that day. So, I mean, teachers are really, you know, we're 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 uh, we have a lot of stuff thrown at us as well. So. I think it's a really good idea and good practice for teachers to also understand that kids need you know to have that heads up as well, right, so when right. they go back into the classroom and um talk to the kids about the day, give them the plan for the day and I know mm-hmm. we we mo you know most of us do that for subject matter, you know you've got your language arts and then you've got your math and then you've got your science, but also let them know, okay at <laughs> eleven o'clock we're all going to go down to the gym <laughs> and we're going to. You know, pack, practice our play, and then you know,
1: when it comes to yeah. and, and family, so good for parents it's to hear, important. too. That, that it's generally not the teachers who are doing this, so no, don't, don't direct your ire <laughs> to the teacher. She's not making yeah. the schedule, and she's not making the routines. It's at a at least at a principal level, I would say. But you know, if you know your kid is rattled by changes of routine, big or small, it's mm-hmm. a good thing to bring up in an IEP meeting and see if you can get some language in the IEP uh that you if at all possible should be notified in advance of any changes in schedule you know obviously it's not always possible sometimes yeah. the people who would do that are finding out that day but if they know ahead of time that this week we're going to have pageant rehearsals on Tuesday and Thursday if you could have it in the IEP, that you should be notified of stuff like that because then you can mm-hmm. go over it with your kid. And it's not, you know, you can start talking about it at the beginning of the week and you can talk about it that morning. So anything you can do to reduce the surprise, the changes yeah. of routine, will be really, really helpful. And also if you can get that documented in an IEP and it does not happen, then it's kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card for your child's bad behavior because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's an acknowledged problem, it's a legitimate part of his diagnosis, you have strategized it. You have put strategies in the IEP for it. If they are not followed, then this is going to happen. You know, yeah, I told yeah. you in the meeting. If you're doing yeah. this to him, he's going to misbehave. You did it. He misbehaved. We knew yeah. this. So um, sometimes you can get a comment. I mean, I know sometimes I have been able to get warnings. You know, something that's that's an unexpected disruption is a, for example, is a fire drill. Lots of kids, especially. Mm-hmm. Trouble with the sound of the fire alarm, so I used to be. His teachers used to be able to get advance warning when they were going to do a drill, so that they could get him out of the room Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: or have somebody on him when it went off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that's the sort of. I mean, that's a very, you know, that's a very common disruption and a very small Mm -hmm. scale one, and something that often you have more warning of than they would like you to believe. You know, they have those. That's another good point, too, that you just made in terms of bringing
0: in some extra support, you know, having somebody Mm -hmm. available during a time when you know it's going to be particularly stressful for those children. I mean, you may already have a paraprofessional in the room with that child, but, Mm -hmm. you know, in a particularly stressful situation that kids have just come out of and the teacher, uh, the school, you know, coming back after, say, for example, this hurricane or coming back after um, a long vacation or, it, you know, even if you've had an overly disruptive day, just seeking mm-hmm. the support of other personnel in the building who may be available right. at that time to come in and help mm-hmm. you transition those kids and help you get them settled or help you, you know, have them refocus on the work. You know, even just having um, <clears throat> an extra adult in the room to just walk around the class and right. go to help get kids, you know, back in their seats and focus back on what they need to do. I mean, that's a huge... um you know, a, a huge help to I think both both the kids and the teacher, and in terms mm. of just getting the class back and 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 refocused and ready to, right. to move on to the next subject, because you know it just it's that sort of calming effect that mm-hmm. okay you know now we're going to you know just settle down we're going to move on, and that's something that you know we shouldn't forget to do is to access the other adults in the building during a time right. like this. You know, there are a lot of extra. Bodies that um, that could be used when we don't mm. often think about them, <laughs> right? You know, <laughs> and, and and that they're available. Maybe, the librarian, for example, you know, she yes, would pop down for a couple yes. of minutes and, right. and help out. So,
1: mm-hmm. uh huh. You were going to say something. that's a situation where an, where an inclusive classroom may be an advantage to everybody because there's automatically more people in that classroom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, certainly if if a child with special needs who has a para if he's doing okay. She, that para might be available to help somebody else who might not normally have a problem, but the routine disruption has caused one, yeah, um, but certainly when you if you have a kid who you know is going to be disrupted by something like pageant rehearsals, I know it it always helped my son for his para to walk him around the school, you know, so he didn't have to sit there for twenty minutes mm-hmm. uh, so they, if there's an extra personnel who can provide some distraction under those mm-hmm. circumstances, whether it's, it's walking around or whether it's taking them off to a corner of the gym uh, to, to read a book or do something, you know, to create some structure in an unstructured mm-hmm. situation is very good because those, those times of unstructured time in a big echoing room uh, yeah. when you're used yeah. to being doing something else is just such a trap for so many kids. So, you know, if you can, and again, that's something, bring it up at an IEP meeting, put it in writing. You may not always, it may not always happen, but it it at least establishes the need. uh, Yeah. You know, and then, then, you know, as this time of year comes up, talk to your child's teacher, talk to your child's case manager, remind them, all right, this is a difficult time of year. We know this, 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 and this causes disruption. What are you going to do about it? Remind them that it's there. And that it's a it's an existing problem. It's something you know about. It's not the kid's fault. It's the fault of the ways schools run this time of year. And so, and that's, it's it's the
0: ability to figure it out. Exactly, and that's something that we would call accommodation or modification right. in an IEP right. meeting. And mm-hmm. those are things that um, help support the child during. Yeah. You know a school situation that either that activity has to be altered um you know it has to there has to be some support during that activity or it has to be changed altogether right mm-hmm. like where the child just would not participate at all because of yeah too, i mean I too
1: definitely pulled the plug on pageants a year or two it just because you did. it was not worth it was not worth the stress Yeah. <laughs> yeah As, you, did know, you have that in the i p mm-hmm. love our I don't think I don't think we put it in the IEP. I think I just got one too many reports of how disruptive his behavior was, and I said, "Fine, mm-hmm. take him someplace else." During that time, he yeah. doesn't have to be in the pageant. It's not yeah. required. Um, yeah, we all like to see the little the kid. I mean, this particular school we were in that year really made a big deal of we include all our special needs population in the show. Aren't we wonderful?
0: And so, mm-hmm. and
1: we all like seeing that. You know, everybody gets a warm fuzzy out of seeing the kids with disabilities up on the stage. But sometimes it's just not. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. It's not worth it if it's going to be days and days of misery for Mm -hmm. that five minutes where everybody goes, aw, aren't we progressive to have Mm -hmm. the kids with a disability there on the stage? So, you know, always keep in mind that that is an option. You know, it's not a required part of the school curriculum to sing on stage. Uh, Maybe there's something else your kid could do to be part of the pageant that would not require the practicing and the, you know, you also don't want your kid to be the one on stage who's Who's you know pushing the kids next to him and having a behavior problem right there in front of all the parents? I have also been there. So um, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you maybe want to meet with the, the the teacher and the team ahead of that season and say, look, generally being in a pageant doesn't work out for him. Is there something else he could do? Could he uh, go off with a, a para and make decorations for the class to to? put on the stage and that could be his part or you know is there something else that he could do Um, but also just you know don't play gotcha with the school where you know you tell them ahead of time it's going to be a problem and then you wait for the problem to start Uh, you know be be interactive start out right at the beginning of the season saying I know this is a problem what can I do to help can I go Mm -hmm. over things with him at home can you tell me ahead of time what he's going to have to do for the pageant so that every day I could talk him through it uh, could I, you know, can you tell me when these disruptions are going to be, when the practices are going to be? And, you know, if you can volunteer in the school and kind of be around where if there's a problem, they can send them to you. Uh, you know, tr- approach If you can approach it as, I would like to help you solve this problem, rather than, here's a problem, yeah. go solve it. That's yeah. always going to work yeah. out better, even though really... As a parent, you have very little control over what goes on in the school, and the teacher often has very little control over what goes on in the school. Mm-hmm. But the more interactive you can be, the more you can stand back and say, "Well, you know, I tried, yeah. and if my yeah. kid still misbehaved, that's on you." Um, and especially during those times outside of the
0: classroom, and you know, yeah. when you were talking about you know, having the child do an alternate activity during pageant time, mm-hmm. that's something also to really consider when. You know you have a child with special needs in the school, whether a teacher or a parent, is to look at the activities in the day and decide really what mm-hmm. is the most important for that child right, and you know what is going to cause the biggest disruption or potentially cause the biggest disruption and modify the schedule you know yeah. it's it's um not uh an overly challenging thing to do i mean unless of course you're um, I mean, obviously you're tied to certain things and, that you know, you have right. an obligation to cover certain things in the day, but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we would have, I remember one year we had a child who, who excuse me, who was, you know, needed a lot of physical activity. So before mm-hmm. we would go into the gymnasium for an assembly, I would have the paraprofessional walk him around the school, you know, have right. him run around the track or have him mm-hmm. sort of release some of his energy before he went in yeah. and sat down. So it's just looking ahead and thinking, okay, what is going to help that child get through yes. that disruptive activity? You know, what can I do beforehand? It's it's thinking ahead. It's being proactive. Mm-hmm. It's planning it through and, you know, looking at situations that are not just in the classroom but outside of the classroom, like you mentioned. And then, yeah. of course, if the parent can be there, that's even better.
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, this oh. is something also to draw in the therapists on, Talk to mm-hmm. the the occupational therapist. Is there something he could have when he's sitting there in the assembly? Could he have a fidget mm-hmm. toy? Could he have uh, something you know, something to play with or something to do? Could the therapist see him if, if you know if you know there's going to be an assembly that's not going to work out for him? Could he have his therapy during that time? Uh, right. Could he you know could you schedule a pull out for then? Uh, or, you know, the speech therapist may be able to work with them off at the side of the room while stuff is going on. Uh, you know, call, call on them for ideas, because they're often really, really eager to provide them, and, and sometimes they have really good strategies for things. Yeah. You know, maybe the he, he could see your, see the child right before the assembly so they get a lot of good, um, you know, hard work done and are, are a little ab- more able to sit still. You know, if you can't get somebody to walk them around, that's always good, too. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, call in the whole, the whole group. If you're not regularly talking to your kids' therapists, this is a good reason to do it. You know, yeah. I, I often found that meeting with them when there was a problem in the classroom or when there was a problem with the schedule, this, uh, oftentimes they had an immediate fix, but nobody had asked them. You know, mm-hmm. So, you know, your kid's fidgeting around in their desk and it's a problem, you put tennis balls on the bottom of the desk, and then it's not a problem. And that's the sort of thing that they can oftentimes just strategize on the fly. Yeah. Um, they're so, great for doing that. There's so many are. things
0: available. They
1: really are, that you can and nobody simply, asks
0: them. No, <laughs> yeah. no. Simple um, either materials or, like you said, fidgets or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, something like you said, putting the tennis ball in the bottom of the chair. I've seen like a sort of a skipping rope that's been tied to the bottom of the chair. and
1: Yes, so that they
0: you can know, push against it. They can push against it. <laughs> I saw online the, last night a chair that actually, you know how kids lean back in their chairs? Yes. Uh uh-huh. huh. <laughs> they rock back and forth. This one actually uh-huh. had an extra pair of legs that stuck out from behind the the uh, the upper part so of the can seat. So they could lean
1: back on it. <laughs> can lean awesome. all the way back. I love <laughs> so, that. So yeah,
0: there's a variety and bringing in the bringing in your team of professionals that are you know in and around the building. Not just the um, of course you've got your paraprofessional, but then you also have like you said the um, occupational therapist, you've got the, you know, reading intervention teacher, you've got, mm-hmm. um, even your principal can be a great source of, yes,
1: um,
0: you know, ideas and strategies. They've certainly had their fair share of experiences in education. <laughs> Definitely.
1: And it's, it's so, you want to be cultivating the them all year through. You mm-hmm. want to be talking with these people constantly in a friendly way. This is why if you can volunteer in the in the school, I always used to volunteer in the library. And that yeah. was great because everybody knew me, and everybody knew that I was uh, involved in Conscientious Parent, and so they didn't, oh, my God, here comes Mrs. Morrow Hyde. Um, yeah. It, it was. It was. You know. So you could, as the principal walks by the, the library, say, "Hey, you know, uh, we got this problem. What do you think?" Or, you know, and just have an ongoing dialogue with them throughout the year, so that when these problems come up, they see you as a as a collaborator and not as a confrontational person. Yeah. Um, that's that's getting why we some, do that. getting Sorry to interrupt.
0: Are you getting some feedback there, Terry? From uh, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm getting a little ecstatic. So i sorry to interrupt you. I could hear that's another okay. show going on.
1: <laughs> really? Well, maybe it's yeah. more interesting than ours. We should just shut <laughs> up. Maybe people would rather listen to that. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I just wanted to let our audience know that's not us. <laughs>
1: that's weird. I did not yeah. hear that at all, but then I was just gabbing, so I probably wasn't listening. No, so, no, anyway... You mean we're being disrupted?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a disruption in our show? Imagine that. That's never happened before.
1: (laughs) Distracting noises from the other classroom can also be difficult for your child.
0: And then, you know, and I think that would be another great point to bring up, too, is just being open and honest with the the people that you're working with, um, whether you're a parent or a teacher, you know, Give people the facts. I think the more information, the more the more that you can front-load people, the less reaction you're going to get in the end, you know. <laughs> Just yeah. let them know what's going on. And, that you know, really mm-hmm. as a teacher, often you don't have any control over that day. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you don't have <laughs> control when there's a disruption in the school, you know, mm-hmm. uh, setting. And you basically have to go with the flow as well. And you have to be flexible, and that's one of the things about teaching. They'll ask you in almost every interview when you go and look for a new job is, how flexible are you? (laughs) Yes. So, you know, it's really
1: a big part of the job. Definitely. And for parents, if you can go into it with that understanding and with sympathy mm -hmm. and approach it not, this is a problem, you know but oh my gosh you must be suffering from this too what can we do Uh, You will get much, much further. Oftentimes if you go to a teacher conference and you give them some sympathy, you will hear lots and lots of things (laughs) that you want to know. (laughs) It will open the floodgates, and you will hear about all of the problems that the class (laughs) has and all of the problems the teacher has, and uh, you will be an ally and not uh, an enemy. And that is so extremely useful in these disruptive times. Yeah. Yeah, there's an assumption that it's the teacher's fault. That's the way yes. things have
0: gone, and truly, in many, many occasions, it had nothing to do with the teacher. <laughs>
1: something <laughs> something yeah, that came they're down, just...
0: a directive from above.
1: <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, well, I've just been disrupted by the voice telling me that we have gotten down to about a minute and a half left. Wow. I mean, so all this time with our own gabbing. So uh want to th- thank nobody for being our guest today. Nicole, thank you for... <laughs> listening to me go on today and for your good insights Uh, from the teacher's point of view, which is something that parents don't get frequently enough, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. Mm -hmm. And uh, join us again next week at Friday, 9 a.m., when we will have guest Matt Chinelli, who is going to, talk about ways to adapt physical education for students with special needs. Uh, In the meantime, you can also follow us on Twitter, where Nicole tweets under the name inclusive inclusive underscore class, and I am at mamatude, M-A-M-A-T-U-D-E. You can also find archives to our past shows on my blog at www.mamatude.blogspot.com. Also, our show is now available on Stitcher and iTunes as a podcast for free download. So uh, goodbye to everybody. Uh, thank you for being with us this morning as we talk amongst ourselves. I hope all our listeners out there uh, had the power to access this, but uh, if not, you're perhaps listening to it on a download later on. Uh hope you're all okay. Great. Thank great you very week. much. Have a good
0: week. Bye-bye.